Hey guys, how are we doing tonight? Excellent. <laughs> That's awesome. Joel, good to see you again. Yeah, we've, uh, is Abigail here somewhere? Okay, she's in the back. Um, well, I, um, as I mentioned last week, we've, we're, taking a, we're taking a pause from talking about spiritual gifts. Um, you know, we, we've lost our students who have gone home to hopefully have a great Christmas with family, and, and you know, some of our regulars are traveling as well. Um, and so the next two weeks, we, we, just, we just get to focus on Christmas um, and focus on Jesus. And um, obviously, he's always <laughs> at the heart of what we do. Um, and I think um, next week, we're going to spend a bit of time looking at the, maybe the year that's gone by and, and, and press in more into what we sense God doing in the year ahead. Um, and maybe we'll have some time for reflection and, and prayer and, um, and see, what he, see what he has to say to us as a church and as individuals. Um, but tonight, I'm going to get there eventually. Okay, it's going to take me half my sermon to get there. But um, when I asked the Lord what, he wanted me to, what scripture he wanted me to preach off, um, he said Isaiah 60. And so I'm going to, I'm going to get there um, in a, you know, about 10 minutes probably. And um, some, of, some of you will remember Adam Narciso was here, this was the beginning of COVID, so probably March 2020, something like that, or February 2020, so, or 19, whenever that started. I see yeah, time's funny now, isn't it? Um, and, and Adam preached to us off, uh, off from Isaiah 60. Um, because the world was experiencing darkness and we weren't sure you know, there's so much, so many challenges, so many things going on, and um, and yet this promise that in the midst of the darkness God will rise. And I, so I'm going to get to that scripture. But I, Matt asked me what I was preaching on tonight, and you know, and I said, well, Jesus, you know, um, and it's not the sort of Sunday school answer that you know I get when I ask my students questions in class. Um, I, I mean this very sincerely that I. I believe the next, the next thing, <laughs> the next move, the next season, whatever word you want to put on it, what the Lord wants to do next in this church um, is going to be completely, um, it's, going to comp- it's going to require us to understand Jesus and know Jesus in a way that um, we don't yet. Or maybe we, we're beginning to, or, or we just, we, we're going to need more of him. And we're going to have to see him more clearly um, and know him more deeply. And I said to Matt, you know, I, I sense part of what the Lord wanting me to do is to share some of what he's been doing in me. But it's really hard because I actually can't, I can't describe it. It's, so how do I preach on something I can't describe? And so I'm going, to, I'm, I'm going to say some things and hope that it makes sense. Okay, and, and look at some scripture, and then I'm going to pray, and just and in the end, the Holy Spirit is the one who does stuff in the end, isn't he? Isn't he? So, um, but let's start with this wonderful story of Christmas from Matthew 1. An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. 
she will bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. <laughs> Emmanuel, which means God with us. And there's you know, two things that I will probably say a few times tonight. Um, as, as, as I've been preparing this, but I mean, over the last 18 months, two years, as, as, as God's been doing some, some new things in my heart, um, there's this, this constant question of, of how, two questions, how am I going to respond? Because he's always giving us the choice, isn't he? He's always giving us a choice to respond to him. unhelpfully something that Smith Wigglesworth used to say a lot in his sermons. If you've read any of his sermons, he would say, believe, believe, just believe. And well, I do, but I don't know how to believe more. Like, what am I supposed to do? Um, but I believe <laughs> that he is calling us to believe. And by that simply, will we actually Will we actually, with joy, start to believe what the Bible says? And not just intellectually, but actually will we start to live it and ask Him to reveal it and pursue it? Okay, and some of this will make more sense as we go. So you might hear those things a few times. So, <laughs> how do we respond to this gift that Jesus came into the world, that He came into a broken world, and he came to a world that was particularly broken, in a particularly broken place. But he comes into our depravity, and he comes into our pain. And he, and he surrenders everything, doesn't he? He, like, he, sur he surrenders everything. I, I was reading um, essays this week, as, as Bill and others have been doing. It's exhausting. You're reading essays, grading week. Um, but, you know, someone had this line that they they were writing about religion and they had this line talking about what Christianity is and it's, you know, the faith that follows the man Jesus Christ or Jesus of Nazareth. And I was like, wow, that is the weakest description of Christianity I've ever heard. <laughs> and, and, um, and then I thought, and, and then it kind of struck me, how weird must our faith be to so many people, all these billions of people who follow the teachings of the man of Nazareth. And it started to mess with my head a little bit, and, and then my soul and my spirit, and I see, you know, yeah, he, he was a man. Our God, who gave up everything to become a man, to be born a man, to teach and walk the earth and suffer all the things that he suffered, to be hungry and to be cold and to be lonely and to all the things, the man. And of course, we know he's much more than a man. <laughs> The story isn't just about Christmas. But he surrendered everything um, for us. And when, when Adam was here, um, whenever that was, uh, he prayed with me before he left. And, and it was a simple prayer. He just, he, he, he prayed, he said, Nicholas, I just feel the Lord saying that you need to surrender. And you know when people pray things and you think, well, I think I'm actually doing that pretty well. 
you know. <laughs> yeah, don't ever do that. Um, you know, I, I, you know I, I thought it wasn't too bad at surrender. Um, but surrender's like humility, isn't it? Like, there's always another layer. There's always something else. And then he started to show me things and call me deeper into surrender. And of course, you know, surrender is, it is laying down our entitlements. You know, man, and, and I won't speak for women, but men, we've got so many things that we feel entitled to. Um, hmm? Don't do it, I wouldn't list them just for the, don't want to arm the wives. Um, <laughs> there's so many things we feel entitled to, and there's you know, so many desires of our flesh we want to pursue. There's just, there's so much to surrender. Our, you know, our right for justice, our right, you know, there's so many, some, some of the things that are good that we feel we, we should have a right to, but he calls us to surrender them. But, uh, you know, in the, last, in the last year or so, 18 months, um, he's, been, he's been calling me to this a new type of surrender, and it's something that, you know, some of the men have been involved in a book group, and we've been talking about this and wrestling with this for the last, I don't know, five months or so, and the ladies have as well, some of the ladies. Um, that he's, he's been calling me to surrender to the truth of the gospel. Okay, and I, I don't, I, I'm trying not to speak anything that might sound like a cliche tonight. But, but there, there are things to the gospel that are so glorious and so true that, that I've struggled to accept them. And because I've struggled to accept them, that means that I've struggled to meet him. And so the, the simplest example I can give, we are told in two, you know, Second Corinthians, for our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This incredible truth. You know, and I know the, some of the guys, like we wrestled with this for weeks. What does it mean to be righteous? And I find it really hard to say that I am righteous. I find it really easy to say I'm a sinner. And of course I sin. <laughs> of course I'm a sinner in need of a, of a savior. But I find it really hard to say I'm righteous. And yet that's what scripture says. Says that Jesus made me righteous, and not just not just that His blood cleanses me, and so now I'm kind of in this good place with God. But He makes me righteous. He makes me be able to run into the Father's presence. You know, I, I, maybe some of you are like me, and well. <laughs> Do we, do we sometimes get so, you know, blasé about the gospel? And, you know, not that we would ever say that out loud, but in the way that we live, in what we actually believe, do our actions actually betray that sort of idea that we're just a bit blasé, or, or, or we've forgotten the power, or, 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 or we, we're too comfortable, or something, but we've lost sight of the fire and the power and the wonder of it. It's Jesus who came at Christmas 
God so loved us that he sent his only son to die for us. Yeah, I, I love everyone in this room. I would not send my son to die for a single one of you. <laughs> and not all of you together either. I love him too much. <laughs> I once said to my, one of my classes, I would kill all of you, actually, to save him. You know? <laughs> um, it's not a very pastoral sentiment, I know. But you know, that, as a father, that's how I feel. Like, I, will, I would do anything to protect him. But God so loved me, and He so loved you. He so loved us that He sent His Son to die. And He, <laughs> again, I'm, I'm wanting to avoid cliches. You know, we say, well, He came that we, you know, He sent His Son that we would have eternal life. And we, eternal life is great. This idea of heaven is great. But, you know, frankly, I don't know what it is. I can imagine all sorts of things about heaven. I haven't been there yet. I can imagine some things. I've, I've read near-death experiences. They're pretty cool. But what this does is when we, again, this cliche where we say, well, eternity starts now. It's such a cliche, but it, it's so true. The relationship with Jesus, if eternity is connection with God and oneness with God and relationship with God, then it starts now. And that's what he gives us. And if we're not sort of blasé about the gospel, if we, don't sort of, if we don't lose sight of the power of this, that Jesus comes, and I know this starts turning into a little bit of Easter message, so forgive me, but Christmas is only powerful if we remember that it leads to the cross and it leads to the resurrection and it leads to Pentecost and it leads to His Spirit filling us and it leads to oneness and unity. That's what Christmas is. This surrender and the sacrifice of Jesus that we would be made one with Him. And I've, you know, I've lived so many years, and, and maybe you would agree with this, um, or have this experience where, where I have lost the wonder of that. That Jesus was born in order to die. And he was willing to do that. And you know, often over the last few months, I, I've, I've, been, I've been worshiping and praying, and I find myself weeping, and it's, it's, it's a really weird kind of weeping because I can't tell if I'm happy or sad. And it's almost like I'm feeling both things at the same time. That there's this, there's this joy in me that I'm meeting Jesus again. And then, and, then, and then there's this sorrow in my soul and my spirit that has missed him. But it's so grateful that it can feel itself healing at the same time. And the thing is, as I've surrendered and, and started to try and believe, to truly believe that I'm made righteous and that he died so that I would be made one with him and that he was born, that I would be made one with him. I've started to see him more and more and feel him more and more. And too often in my life, I've treated Jesus' great sacrifice and his surrender, you know, like Jesus just came and he kind, of, he kind of changed the rules. You know, I don't have to sacrifice a lamb on the altar anymore, but it's still about me. It's still about my actions. It's still about me striving. It's still about me. It's all about me, 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 me. 
in the men's group we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, that we even make our kind of sense of punishment about us. Like we sin, you know, we might watch, you know, do something stupid, watch porn or, or do something or hurt someone and then like we, we have this sense of shame and then we have to sort of be distant from God for a couple of weeks until we feel it's safe to go into his presence and we become our own judge and jury. Like it's all about us. And it's kind of pathetic. Because <laughs> it's obviously all about him. And so often in my life, I've, I've grown up with this idea that you know, Jesus' blood, that he cleansed me, and, and this, this wonder of Christmas, that he came, that I would have this unity. But, you know, the Father looks at me and says, Jesus, that's great, but like my, my, the way I've lived my life is that, well, if, if, if a God is in this room, I, like, I might scurry into the corner and try not to irritate him. You know, try not to bother him. <laughs> But scripture tells us uh, we, that Jesus gives us access to come boldly into the presence of God, to cry out, Abba, Father. He loves us. And he wants us. And how do we respond to this? And we can't ignore him. Most of the world does. You know, we can build a religion around him. A lot of people do that too. Build something around him that still kind of keeps him at a distance. Or we can choose to live our lives with him and in him and through him, loving him and being loved by him. And that has to be the better way. And this is, this is what I believe God is calling us to as a body that we are going to increasingly, increasingly experience Him. And, that, and by that, I don't, I don't mean that we're just here for the experiences, okay? What I mean by experience is that we will know Him and know more of His character. And the more of His character that we know and the more of Him that we see, the more we will surrender and the more of us He will own. And then the more we'll see Him move. Because these are the words that Adam preached to us from Isaiah 60, and I believe that these are words that God wants us to step into in 2022. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. The Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. <laughs> and I really, I really believe that God is going to move in more and more measure. I know some of us have been um, experiencing that. We've we started to see more and more people meet Him and be healed. Um, you know, it's funny. I've, I've had more conversations with people who are coming alive with the Spirit in this, in this last semester than I have in probably the last five years put together. 
it's, he's doing something. Yeah. And not just that I'm having those conversations, but I can have a 20-minute conversation and someone believes in the Holy Spirit for the first time and wants to know Him. It's not taking seven or eight or nine discussions because He's meeting them. He is moving. There, there's, um, <laughs> there's so much, you know, obviously there's so much pain around us. Um, there's so much anxiety and there's shame and there's brokenness. And God really is calling us to be a place where his light can arise over the darkness. That we will be a people that will partner with Jesus. That he's inviting us to step into this, the promise of Christmas. And that promise, and maybe, you know, maybe we can meditate on it this week. Um, that promise that he came to make us one. And I don't know about you, but there's so much more of Jesus for me to know and for me to experience. And, I, and I'm, starting to get, I'm starting to get flashes of things that are so incredible that I don't want to be flashes. I want them to be moments, and then I want them to be minutes, and then I want them to be always awareness of him. And I, I, I do, I want to see... I want to see crazy and powerful miracles in this place. And I want to see people get healed. But I want to see anxiety break with people because they just meet Him. And I want to see God extract pain from people. And I want to see people move into freedom as He does that. I want them to encounter life. And that's all up to Him. But the one, thing, the one thing that we can do is say, Jesus, I surrender to you. And I surrender to the truth of your gospel. The truth that says that I am your righteousness. That you came to make me one with you and one with the Father. You came at Christmas in a stable, vulnerable and weak. You gave up everything so that I could know you. Luke Ansbach um, sent me a text earlier this week. Um, he, he left a few. If you don't know Luke, he, he was um, an elder, and he, he moved on to South Carolina f a few months ago. Um, and he was praying for me, and he was praying for us, and, and, he, and, yeah, he, and he said, I, I really believe that there's an invitation this Christmas season for us if we will, if we will lift our eyes to heaven and we'll say yes to Jesus. And a real yes. For Jesus to do it his way, whatever it costs us, <laughs> that's the uncomfortable part. But will we say yes? And he encouraged me to encourage us to pray for that.
So I want to close with um, the words from Isaiah 9. And then I, I want us to pray. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So can we just can we just pray? I just, and I just want to ask the Holy Spirit to meet us. Lord Jesus. Lord, I thank you. We thank you. We thank you for Christmas. When you came to be God with us, Lord, I ask you, I ask you for a revelation that you would give us eyes and heart and spirit to see you. Lord, will you help us to believe and to know that you were born to save us, me, you were born because you loved me. That you were born that you would become my righteousness. That it is your delight. It is your delight. It is your desire. That we would know you. And not know you once a year or once a month or, or, or meet you on the Sundays. And not to set up rules and formulas and regulations. But to know you, the Prince of Peace. To know you. Lord, forgive Forgive me for every time, Lord, every way that I make my salvation about my own efforts, about my doings, when I make it about me.
Lord, I, sur I surrender. I surrender that right to make this faith about me. And I yield to the good news of your gospel. Our God, who was before all things, who knew all things, who knew that he would die, and yet you still chose to be born. that we could be one with you and our Father through your Spirit. Jesus, I don't want to lose sight of that ever again. Will you give us a revelation of your love, Jesus? Will you give us a revelation of who you are? Would you fill us with your Spirit and allow that living water to increase in us. Would you let this place, you let this place be one where your glory shines. Arise over us. Lord, I pray, we pray that you would bring the broken to meet you. And I pray that you would take us out to meet the broken. And together we are the church and we ask you to arise. But we're all, all individual temples of the living God. And would you rise over us as we go about our days. We yield to you, Jesus. Because you are the only one worthy. You deserve all of us. And we praise you. And we honor you. And we glorify your name. And we say yes to you, Lord Jesus. Have your way. May we arise and shine. May your glory fall over us. Father, I ask these things in the name of your precious Son, our Savior. Jesus. Amen.